Hello everyone, my name is Oldar. Welcome to another episode of Ask Me About North Korea, a podcast about the most reclusive country in the world. In this podcast, I'm answering the most widespread questions about North Korean politics, society, and culture, in a short and concise manner, based on factual evidence. If you like this podcast, I would be grateful if you could share it with your friends, leave a positive review, make a donation, or subscribe. You can also visit the podcast website, www.askmeaboutdprk.wordpress.com. There you can access episode transcripts, as well as some other materials, such as book reviews, film recommendations, and online events. As the name of the podcast suggests, please feel free to ask me questions in your comments and reviews. I will do my best to answer them in the next episodes. And now, let's start. North Korean animation is not really renowned worldwide, but you might have seen some of its products without even realizing it. The SEK Studio, North Korea's primary animation producer, created more than 200 films and series. In the 1980s, the studio employed around 600 workers and 20 animation directors and even massively cooperated with international companies by providing animation services for foreign clients in Italy, Spain, France, China, Russia, Japan and indirectly even for the United States. Apparently, North Korean animators drew some of the scenes in The Lion King, one of Disney's biggest bestsellers. The latter was confirmed by a Canadian Quebecois author, Guy Delisle, in his memoirs, Pyongyang, A Journey in North Korea. The memoir itself, by the way, is a black and white graphic novel, a rather quick, pleasant and interesting read. Let us come back to the topic, though. One has to admit that the quality of North Korean animation is surprisingly good for such an isolated country. If you do not trust me, check it out yourselves. The most illustrative examples in that respect are the new releases of two North Korean classics called A Squirrel and a Hedgehog and Boy General. Not to be confused with Netflix's The Boy General. Anyway, these two series look quite acceptable and even pleasing to the eye. Boy General looks like an average, not very expensive anime, while A Squirrel and a Hedgehog clearly has some Western impacts in terms of design and drawing. In their work, North Koreans are apparently using modern tablets and computers purchased from China. I'm not that sure about the software though. An additional factor stimulating the animators to perform well might be occasional visits from their beloved supreme leader, Kim Jong-un. For example, Boy General was actually developed at his personal request because he thought the series to be quite popular among children. The order was immediately implemented and 15 new episodes were released during the next 4 or 5 years. If you are curious and want to watch some, I will attach links to these series in my podcast blog. All of them are available in open access. What are the most common narratives of the North Korean animation? Well, when answering this question, I would like to kindly remind you that, like most of the other state media in the country, North Korean cartoons are propaganda tools, but aimed at children. So, the most common themes and narratives in those cartoons are patriotism, self-sacrifice and collectivism, fight against imperialism, the theme of war, 
often combined with an invasion of the motherland by foreigners. Some of these cartoons are quite violent and full of murder and torture scenes despite the allegedly absent age limit. Let us examine the animation series called A Squirrel and a Hedgehog. A Squirrel and a Hedgehog is set in a fictional country called Flower Hill. Within Flower Hill there are different villages with various anthropomorphic animals like squirrels, hedgehogs, rabbits and so on. Some of these villages surprisingly have their strong military. Anyway, in the first episode, Flower Hill is invaded by a force of weasels and their subservient minions, the mice. The conflict between two sides starts spiraling out of control as squirrels and hedgehogs start murdering mice and weasels who then receive the support of the so-called wolf empire. The interesting fact is that many foreigners see a pretty obvious political narrative hidden in the film with squirrels and hedgehogs being the North Koreans while mice are the South Koreans, weasels are the Japanese and wolves are the Americans. That would quite accurately represent the country's view on its own geopolitical environment. But this interpretation is never revealed in the series and was rejected by the producers on multiple occasions. The SEK studio often claims that the series was created to teach love, friendship and patriotism to children, although at a later stage they did admit that the weasels, mice and wolves symbolize foreign invaders and imperialists. Honestly, you would be surprised by how much violence, gore and swearing you see in this series. All these cute hedgehogs and squirrels regularly call mice, weasels and other opponents quote, disgusting scum, end quote, and spit out similar swear words that I would probably not translate in this podcast episode. I want to remain family friendly. <clears throat> Yet many scenes with mass shootings and torture are also something very common. Despite that the series is quite popular in the DPRK and even has a small fan base outside of the country. Why is it so popular, you would ask? Well, the answer is quite obvious. There are no alternatives in the DPRK. Few countries have such a strong censorship system where people do not have access to any other media products. There is no internet, no privately owned TV channels, and relatively few books of non-political nature. Thus, those cartoons and films which are shown on TV or in cinemas are watched by almost everyone. To be fair, not all of these cartoons are as aggressive and violent. For example, a series called Clever Raccoon Dog. As the title suggests, the main protagonist is a raccoon dog who interacts with his friends, a bear and a cat, and learns something new every day. Each episode has its classic or educational element, ranging from basic science to the rules of road safety. Other common themes include the benefits of sports, responsible child behavior, as well as maintaining good relations with family and friends. No blood, no torture, no disemboweled guts flying around. Just a cute educational series. On top of these two, there is also the third type, or what I would call the completely crazy type. These do not fit into any of the aforementioned categories. The cringiest series that I personally know is called Simba the King Lion, which is, as you might have guessed, is a rip-off from the original Lion King. That said, the North Korean version features representatives of other famous cartoons and tales in that series, 
including Bambi, The Jungle Book, and even Snow White. The series features Mufasa, Simba, robot mice with machine guns, tanks, lions shooting with magic lasers from their chests, alcohol, a prophecy-based plotline, a forced trip to New York through a tree hollow, an evil queen, and several football or soccer games, which result in the defeat of an evil dragon. The series was produced in cooperation with an Italian studio, which allegedly wrote the crazy script, so the North Koreans are not to blame here. Yet, it is cringy as hell. Also, it is unclear, though, whether the series actually ever aired in North Korea. I'll attach a funny review by Saberspark to the podcast blog post. Anyway, if you want to check out any other series, make sure to visit my website, www.askmeaboutdprk.wordpress.com. There will be some links to all of these YouTube videos and channels in English. Now, let us reflect a little bit, though. As we have discovered today, these animated films can be educational and entertaining, but most of the time the content is highly political, violent, or at times just weird. Perhaps you might find some of these amusing, while artists could better assess their quality in terms of drawing and animation. What I want to add from a broader sociological perspective is that there is sad irony about many generations of North Koreans being educated through these cartoons which might outlive the North Korean regime itself. As the social polls and interviews with North Korean refugees in the South suggest, these artworks can be a serious source of communist nostalgia. So, even if the Kim regime collapses, it is quite likely that its cultural heritage will live on, and it is unclear what its impacts might be. What do you think about North Korean cartoons, though? Have you watched any of them? What were your impressions? Leave your opinion in the comments below or in the review section. If you like this episode, please leave a positive review on the podcast platform, subscribe to the podcast, or make a donation on my website, www.askmeaboutdprk.wordpress.com. Also feel free to provide your feedback on this episode's quality and ask any questions about North Korea that you might have. Thank you for listening, stay healthy, and stay tuned.